King David is held up as the poster boy of faithfulness in the Bible. Yet David, like any man, had his flaws. Despite his long track record of faithfulness, we see all of that come into question in 2 Samuel chapter 11. This is the infamous story of David and Bathsheba, where David steals another man's wife and then has that man abandoned on the front lines of battle, leaving him for death. The story is such a dramatic change of pace for David that a lot of people are left shocked after the reading. Throughout history, different rabbis have come up with all sorts of twisted and contorted interpretations to cast David as the hero of the story. But all we need to know is that after all of this happens, in the very last verse, we're told that the thing that David had done was evil in the sight of Yahweh. So how do good men go bad? How does someone so close to God fall so far away from him? Well, David is at home one afternoon, and he heads up to the rooftop. It's springtime, so pretty warm. Roof is the best place to catch a breeze and escape the heat. And lo and behold, there from his vantage point, he sees a beautiful woman bathing. As David is looking at this woman, he has a choice. He can blush at the accident and go back downstairs, or David can keep on looking and start taking steps closer and closer to sin. When looking at the large sweep of David's life, we can assume what choice he's going to make. David had a weakness for a woman. God says in Deuteronomy chapter 17, 17, that the king of Israel was not to acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he acquire for himself excess silver and gold. Too many wives indicates that the king has a weakness that can be exploited. David, he ends up having at least seven of them. And then we also see other passages, such as 2 Samuel 5, 13, where David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he came from Hebron and more sons and daughters were born to David. So now we come back to David on the rooftop, looking at a beautiful woman. And we know he likes women, and he has a history of indulging in them. And as he looks at her, old habits begin firing up. Good men go bad because they fail to eliminate the bad habits they've been building. In an attempt to cover up the sin, when he eventually sleeps with Bathsheba, hide his part in the pregnancy, he calls her husband Uriah home from the battle and hopes that he's going to sleep with his wife and think the baby is his. But Uriah is far more honorable than David. In verse 9, we're told that Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. Uriah can't go home and enjoy the company of his wife because his heart, that's still on the battlefield with God and the rest of Israel. With the Ark of the Covenant, with Joab and the armies of Israel camping in tents without their families. How can I, Uriah asks, go home and sleep with my wife? In showing us who Uriah is in these few verses that we have of him, we're being told who David is not. David used to be concerned that God's Ark of the Covenant was in a tent while David lived in a house. David used to be concerned for the lives of his men. When three of his men risked their lives so David could have a drink from the well of Bethlehem, he said, far be it from me that I should drink the lifeblood of these men. But that David's nowhere to be seen here in chapter 11. Instead, we have a king who prefers to sit at home and take afternoon naps. We read in verse 1 that this is in the springtime of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David, he remained at Jerusalem. This isn't just a passing comment. This is a condemnation. David is the one responsible for leading Israel into battle. 
but he's passed that responsibility on to Joab. At this point in his life, David's not concerned with being a responsible king or an honorable servant of God. David doesn't resist when he sees Bathsheba. He doesn't stop when he finds that she was married. He doesn't mind murdering one of his soldiers to cover the whole evil deed up. David begins to be evil because he stopped caring about being good. Now, after David's plan for Uriah to cover up the pregnancy doesn't happen, David turns to darker and more desperate plans. In verses 14 through 15, in the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter, he wrote, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting, and then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. The plan is simple. Uriah is fighting a war, just put him where it's the most dangerous and leave him to the enemies. David doesn't even have to lift a finger. But through this plan, things get tragically worse. In verse 16, as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were valiant men. And the men of the city came out and fought with Joab. And some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. So David's plan has worked, but at the cost of how many innocent lives? Getting Uriah killed in battle wasn't just a simple maneuver. It was sloppy, and it got a lot of people killed. Surely, David would be outraged at his general. Surely, David would have compassion on his men. Surely, David would be struck by the consequences of his sin. But after hearing about the tragedy, in verse 25, David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to Joab, Do not let this thing be evil in your sight, for the sword devours one as well as another. Make your battle against the city stronger, and tear it down, and so strengthen him. Throughout this entire story, David is always trying to be one step removed from all the action. David sent Joab and the troops to Ammon. David sent someone else to inquire about who Bathsheba was. He sends messengers to fetch her. David sent word to Joab to send Uriah to him. David sent a letter by Uriah to Joab, instructing him to murder him. David didn't bring Bathsheba into his house. His servants did. David didn't send Uriah to the front lines. Joab did. David didn't kill Uriah. The bad guys did. How can David do such evil things? David can do such things because he's convinced that he's not the one doing them. But all we need to know about David's action is summed up in that last verse. 2 Samuel eleven twenty-seven. The thing that David had done was evil in the sight of Yahweh. David didn't see his actions as the evil that they were, but God did. We can read this story and think how tragic for David. Good thing I won't ever do something like that. Well, if it happened to David, a man after God's own heart, it can happen to us. The prophet Nathan is eventually going to confront David and convict him with a sad story of some villain stealing and eating another man's sheep. And when David is enraged about the story, Nathan says to David, you are the man. If we ignore the sin of David, we just might become the man ourselves. <laughs> <laughs>